continuance. So now we are uh, now moving on to our time certain, which is under item number uh, 16, and that is an ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Brower County, Florida, pertaining to criminal history screening practices. Uh, this is known as the ban the box uh, ordinance. Um, we have a number of public speakers that are asking to be heard on the matter. Um, each person is going to be given two minutes to speak. Uh, we thank you all for being here. The first uh, on the queue and is Joshua Simmons, followed by Barry Buton. Uh, Mr. Simmons? Hey, Joshua. Good to see you. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry about that. Nope. Before we do that, I forgot. I'm going to allow Commissioner Holness to open it up real fast. Joshua, if you could have a seat for just another couple seconds. Uh, Commissioner Holness, I apologize. It's your item. You may open it up. And, and, and I'll be... Yes. Once the discussion is over, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those amendments. Uh, but let me just start by thanking all those of you who are here supporting this effort and the uh, hundreds of people across Broward County who seek to support this measure that grants opportunities for people who would otherwise not have them. I think we're leading the way here by setting an example that we ought to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to provide from themselves. We talked this morning about being uh, able to self-sustain, to sustain yourself. And this lends to that. Uh, no reason for us to have people who have paid their dues come back into society and yet still can't provide for themselves and their families. Uh, they actually become and dependent on our system, we have to provide for them, whether uh, they be homeless, uh, whether they be put in jail, and their children also suffer. Uh, so I, I, again, I want to thank SEIU, and they're here in, in uh, full force today. Thank you for your leadership. Uh, guys, I, I really appreciate that, but here there's no clapping, but we love jazz hands. Jazz hands. All right. Thank you. So I, I, and to this board who starts to support this for us to move forward today and, and hopefully we'll get to where we'll ensure opportunities are open for all. Thank you. And um, before we uh, go to the public, I just think it's important for the public to know so when they come up and speak, I would like them to be able to hear what the proposed amendments are as well. Um, Commissioner Wexler, would you like to briefly just uh, describe your amendment? Uh, just for them to hear and then without having a debate on it by the county commission just so the public can hear before they speak yeah this is his okay yes sir um Thank i'm you. just trying to find what the difference is between my amendment and commissioner holness's yes. amendments mine so is mine is very simple if, if you want me to could tell you me. could you please because i thought mine was simple too but yeah. <laughs> could, could you help me find where yeah. the difference is yeah uh, Thank you. On the one you just got, page six, uh, okay. line uh, uh, four, five. And, and basically what we're asking is that we provide a copy of their... Got it. Uh, I found the, it. Yeah, the background. It's just not highlighted. It's yeah, just yeah. They didn't highlight. They underlined it, right? Okay. That's, so that, that's it. It's so as simple that if, if we decline some to give someone the job okay. and we say it's because of a background check, then we provide them with that background check okay. so that they, they know exactly what Absolutely. it is that we're dealing with. Thank you. Okay. Then... If, if I'm before the speakers come up at the last meeting when I when we set this for public hearing one of the things that I had said was and 
you may have seen me walk over and, and talk to Ms. Henry. Um, I, I think Ban the Box is, has great merit and needs to be supported by this board, but it's about the process at the very end. And that's what gave myself and the staff here angst in that at the very end where it said when someone is offered that job or offered that job, at that point there will be the criminal background check. The amendment that I was proposing, and by the way, I reached out last week to Mr. Dixon. He was kind enough to submit a number of ideas to me to come in and meet with me yesterday, I believe. We, we met twice, didn't we? Yeah, yesterday and last week, and to try to work towards something that was at least to acknowledge the staff of Broward County and, and, and being able to fill positions and not just have that one person, but who are the finalists and have those finalists um, either be submitted to a background check or be asked the question or, or, or whatever it was at that point in time. And the rub that we had and the problem that we had was um, are, they, are they ranked, the finalists? And when I went back to HR, the answer was we do not rank our finalists here. So it's really a, a pool of two, three, five, eight, whatever the job is, it depends on how, that, that drives. How, I'm looking at you, Ms. Henry, because I don't think I'm saying anything yet that's wrong about how we do business here. So my whole intent of this amendment was that the finalists at the end of the process be um, background checked, and, and that's the essence of it. So what you submitted here, Commissioner Holness, is what I had submitted with one more line, provide a copy of the finalist criminal history to the finalists, and that absolutely should be. It should be you know, available and given to them and so that they know exactly what it is that we find. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. But the last that I heard is, is that um, SEIU would rather that there be nothing there at all. And, and I said to Mr. Dixon, I'm still moving ahead with this. It depends on this body, whether they support it or not, and, and, and we'll take it from there. So that's setting up the amendment Great. that I was going to proffer at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so now we're going to move into the, uh, the public speaking. Um, and the first person on cue uh, was Mr. Simmons, uh, followed by uh, Barry Buton. Hey, Joshua. Okay. Hey, Marty. Good all right. So um, today you all have a very important opportunity in front of you, something that um, you all, since you are serving leaders, get to do, and that's instill hope and, you know, allow someone to look at an application and not be discouraged to apply. Uh, maybe look at it and say, you know what, I want to give it a try. Uh, you know, I've had bad luck in the past and I've had people look down on me, but now I'm, I'm able to, you know, fill out the application and give it my best shot and see if someone can see the qualities in me. Uh, you know, give someone an opportunity to go and get a second chance at life and maybe provide for their family. All I want to say to you all is, is that today is a great day. You should have all woken up smiling because you get to fulfill one of the most sacred duties of your position, and that is to be a servant leader, to send a message to the people that represent, I mean, that you represent. 
and to let them know that you care and to let them know that, you know what, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We do not have to suffer continuously for them. So I just want to say in advance, thank you all for getting this measure through. Thank you, Commissioner Holness. Thank you, Mr. Dixon. And thank you to everyone in the audience that's here today to support something like this. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the next person on the queue. Oh, thank you all. Good job. Uh, the next person on the queue is Barry Buten. Mr. Mayor, County Commissioners, it's an honor and privilege to be here. I'm going to wear two hats today. Hopefully I get split up a minute each. But um, the first hat is for the ACLU of Florida. I'm authorized to speak on their behalf and the ACLU of Broward, where I'm co-legal panel chair. Uh, they've both voted to support this ordinance. Apparently this is done in a, you learn, you know, whenever you read something, you learn something because apparently this has been done in, is it 23 or 28 states? It's been done in a lot of cities. Uh, obviously, we want to prevent recidivism. If people are working and they're, they're probably too tired to go out and commit crimes, they're home working and they pass out like we all do at the end of the day. Um, promoting employment will make healthier, safer communities. Uh, employers can still ask about the status of the uh, prior record. And the ACLU strongly supports this. I wish we had a constitutional right to have a job, but there's nothing in the Constitution or any court opinions to say that. But it just makes people happier about their lives and more honorable and proud they're supporting their community and paying taxes. Second hat I'm going to wear is uh, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I worked with the public defender's office for nine years, been in private practice since then. And I wish I had the numbers, but I'm sure it's more than 50 percent. But a lot of people go through the criminal justice system once and they get in trouble and they resolve their case either positively or negatively. And, uh, and that includes a lot of people get their case dismissed because of diversion or drug court, and they try to seal or expunge their record, which is uh, easy, easy to do, but long and long a lot of paperwork. What happens is, is those people probably will never come back in the criminal justice system. I've had people call me who couldn't get apartments because they had a possession of cocaine 10 years before. I mean, we're not here to discuss apartments, but it does, there's a stigma for loans and credit cards and apartments and, and not just jobs. So as a private, I mean, as a private attorney, I could tell you a lot of people just go through the system once and never come back. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Okay. Um, the next person on cue is Jeanette Smith, followed by Reverend Gail. Uh, Reverend Gail. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hello. Hi, Jeanette Smith. Um, I think the important thing about this ordinance is that it ensures a fair decision-making process by requiring employers to consider job-relatedness of a conviction, time passed, and mitigating circumstances or rehabilitation evidence. There are actually over 185 million people, that's over half the U.S. population, that currently lives in a ban-the-box or fair-chance jurisdiction. Fair-chance policies benefit everyone. They're good for families, local community. I'd really like to see Broward County residents given a fair chance and that we do ban the box. And I have to say my personal experience with you in the past on many issues has been that Broward County always does do the right thing for its workers. And I actually expect nothing less than that today. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, the next person is Reverend Gale. Oh, hey, Gail. Of course I do. <laughs> hey, Gail. Hi, everybody. Most of you know me. I've been Absolutely. coming here for about 17 years. You'll be happy to know I'm retiring soon, so you won't be saying <laughs> I'll be quitting harassing you, but I'll be here in spirit. 
Anyway, uh, I'm the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Fort Lauderdale. I've been working for years with Jeanette through the Interfaith Worker Justice Group and with SEIU and other labor groups. Uh, to me, all of all kinds of things are interconnected. I also work with Bold Justice, which is you all were kind enough to support uh, the concept of citations for young criminals. And the same thing is true for people who've actually been convicted and had the bad luck to go to prison and often for relatively minor offenses, particularly uh, since some recent legislation over the years that has been uh, more draconian and we now have so many people in prison that when they all get out, we'll have a smaller workforce if they can't get jobs. So this sort of thing simply provides what we should provide for every human being as a second chance. I don't think anybody wants to have people that are dangerous, you know, coming into workplaces and creating undue problems. But many people, as Barry said, commit one thing and then they are punished for it in terms of career, taxes, I mean, just all sorts of things, homes, credit rating, they just can't have lives anymore, which means that we're essentially pushing them back into possible criminal behavior. And that is wrong on so many levels, uh, morally, spiritually, and politically, and it's simply impractical and it's financially crazy. So I really urge you all to support this. I think it's the right thing to do. And I just wanna say that I have found this commission in general, as Jeanette said, to try to do the right thing. Many of you have become people I've seen at many events and I think most of you really try to do your job as best you can as servant leaders, unlike some other <laughs> groups in the area. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reverend Galen. Good to see you as always. Uh, the next person is uh, Newton Sannon, followed by Pastor, Pastor Rhonda Thomas. Hey, Newton. Hello. Good afternoon, Mayor and members of the council. Uh, first of all, I'm happy that I'm on the side of not having to convince you to do this because it sounds like there's a will. Do I think all of we agree is the right thing? Oh, I see. We're a community-based workforce development organization. The workforce part, I think, is pretty clear. The community-based side suggests that there are people in our community who have an aspiration to earn economic self-sufficiency, and I said earn, but yet they have some challenges, and one of those impediments can be uh, having a criminal background. I want to speak specifically to the business community because we as OIC, we're an employer as well. We employ 60 full-time staff. We do background checks, so I want to be clear. I think there's this misnomer that community-based organizations are bleeding hearts and we don't have our own businesses as well. I run a business and I hire people and I want to make sure I know who's in my office in my organization. But I do that simply to get a handle on giving people a fair opportunity and not to screen them out entirely. I want to be clear that this ordinance and this opportunity is to simply say to people, give people a chance. Uh, you might know that Broward County hovers between one and two in the county, in the state, I'm sorry, of returning citizens. So there's two ways to look at it. One, you could decide that, well, if you don't give them an opportunity, what's going to happen? The likelihood is more crime. So you could take that perspective. Or there's a perspective of compassion that says, listen, quite frankly, we're all in this room ex-offenders. In some form or fashion, whether you ran a red light, jaywalked, or whatever it is, everybody is an opportunity to essentially be self-sufficient economically, have a good chance to feed their family. So I want to thank you all in advance. And again, re please recognize this is simply to say to people, give them an opportunity to make their case, to demonstrate that they're capable for that job, and respectively, you can decide if you don't want to hire them, but give them an opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, the uh, next person on the queue is uh, Rev Pastor Rhonda Thomas, followed by Elijah Manley. Hi, Pastor Thomas. Hi, how are you all? 
I often ask myself as pastor for over 26 years, what can I do to impact my community, my congregants? And I found that by giving them an opportunity to better themselves make a big difference. And so I'm asking Broward County Commissioners to join me. What can we do to make the life of one uh, in a more positive impact make a difference? I think if a man or woman is able to get a job and feed their families, take care of their families, not depend on public assistance, will make a great and big difference. We know in the state of Florida, it doesn't take much to get a felony conviction, a conviction or an arrest. But not often these arrests or convictions mean that they're going to serve time. We can let helium balloons go up in the air, and that's a felony. Can you imagine not getting a job or opportunity to apply go through the interview process because I let helium balloons go up in the air. That seems insane, but that exists in this state. So I'm asking, please, by all means, let's do the right thing. Give a person a second chance and let them be able to take care of themselves and their family. I'm turning in 250 um, cards that, that's in support. We have other churches and community that will be sending um, the, these cards in support as well. Thank you. The next, uh, thank you very much. Uh, the next person on the queue, it, oh, is uh, Elijah Manley, followed by Cynthia Bush. Good afternoon, County Commissioners and Mayor. Again, I'm Elijah Manley. I'm a resident here in Broward County. I'm in support of the proposal to ban the box. If a criminal history question appears and you've had any conflicts with the law, you can't avoid that question. If you were convicted and you answer affirmatively, how would you avoid being screened out from the other potential candidates? The box not only tends to be racially biased, but also classist. Former convicts or arrested persons have no chance of living a lawful life if they cannot be gainfully employed. Of course, a more long-term solution could be to decriminalize existing drug laws and offenses that incarcerate so many minorities than any other demographics. We can't allow punishments to keep going on for life. Why should they pun be punished for life? People who have been convicted and served their time already and have already paid their debt to society doesn't need to be punished for the rest of their life. A bad decision from your youth should not hunt you for the rest of your life. My mother happens to be one of those people. She's a human being like all the rest of us, who was convicted of a crime 25 years ago when she was younger, just a little older than me. Although she was wrongfully convicted, she had to serve her time in prison. She has paid her debt to society, but this continues to haunt her and us, our family. She can no longer get a job to support us financially and economically, so it's up to us, her children, to go out there and work hard to support the family. And not only that, she has to rely on food stamps and government assistance unnecessarily. So we are a disadvantaged company to other young, compared to other young Americans. Today happens to be my mother's birthday. She turns 45 years old. For 20 years now, 25 years now, she still is being hunted by this. Clemency has been denied for the last 15 years. This is not only the best birthday present she can hope for, but the best thing we can do. We can hope to bring down crime rates while keeping people we can't hope to bring down crime rates by keeping people in the dirt. For the next generation and for young people like myself, let's do what's right. Also, 
I know I'm running out of time. Also, my mother, who happens to be disabled, strictly relies on her children to help us. So it is only the right thing to do and it is only the moral thing to do to fight to give everyone a second opportunity and chance. Thank you. Elijah, wait, before you go, uh, I hear there's a big congratulations in order. I want to, yeah, I want to congratulate you for being selected to Boy State. So good luck up Thank in you. Tallahassee next week. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. I'm going to clap. You can clap on that one. We now have uh, Cynthia Bush, uh, followed by Isaiah Barfield. Hi, Cynthia. Hello. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm Cynthia Bush. I am here representing the Broward Democratic Party, um, consisting of 900 precinct committee members, 35 clubs and caucuses, Democratic clubs and caucuses here in Broward County. Um, first, I just want to thank Commissioner Holness on behalf of the Broward Democratic Party for bringing this issue forward. Um, issues of um, criminal justice reform, rehabilitation, and reintegration are incredibly important to the Democratic Party. Um, we are a, an organization that is a big tent organization, and we want to make sure that we're supporting efforts to um, provide opportunities for citizens here in Broward County who may have been, unfortunately, arrested or targeted because of unfortunate discrimination that has existed in the past here in Broward. Um, so I want to thank everyone here today for supporting this ordinance. I think we see this as a first step towards a, on, on larger issues that have to be addressed here in Broward. But for us, um, it all starts right here, I think, with our elected officials, our Democratic elected officials here in Broward. Um, we're asking you all, of course, to pass this today, support this effort. I apologize. I was thinking in terms of... So it, it, no, it, it's okay. You can keep, Cynthia, you can keep going. I'm sorry. It's okay. So um, I was thinking of us as behalf of the Democratic Party itself, not so much... Um, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. You're doing just fine. Cynthia, you can um, keep going. I don't want to the other So my apologies, Commissioner Lamarca, um, but... Um, this is an issue that I see as being our organization has been particularly strong on confronting these issues, and that's why I said it in that way to this particular body. So um, thank you, everyone, and we look forward to seeing this pass today. Thanks. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, the last – oh, now we have Isaiah Barfield, and the last person will be Marcus Dixon. Um, Isaiah? Hey, Isaiah, thanks for being here. How y'all doing? Good. Well, I'm officially new here, so uh, I don't know how this is going to sound. But I'm new to this chamber here and to meeting you all. I've met you before. Hi. Um, it's nice to meet you. Thank you. <laughs> and I like what she said, Ms. Wilkes. Um, speaking of Band of Box, um, I proudly represent Band of Box. For one, I'll give you a little history. I only got like a minute or so left. Um, Band of Box means so much. Um, in my life, I, uh, I have worked, but before I worked at Port Everglades, and I've got arrested after that. And prior to that, it's been very hard for me to get a job, very hard. I've been unemployed for five years, and I've worked at um, under-the-table jobs. And as far as banning the box, it is very essential that you guys do this because me and myself, likewise, is still looking for work and still get turned down because of the matter of my 
history of criminal. And I had to go through Mother's Day this past because my mother's deceased. And I had to also stay on the street because I don't have a job. And my family, they pushed me aside because I don't have any money. You know, and my father, he's in a psych mental rehabilitation rehab up in the state of Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, the mental institution. And I don't know how to explain to my father or my family that I don't have a job because Broward County labels me as a criminal. And it's really strange that I do get a moment out of five years to speak with you for two minutes just to get my privilege of ban the box. And I thank y'all for listening to me today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for share, sharing your story with us. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. And, uh, and it was nice to meet you. And uh, the last... Oh, he does like the microphone, you know? <laughs> We're politicians. We love the microphone, too. Trust me, we understand. Uh, the last person is oh, um, uh, Marcus Dixon. Oh, before. Uh, Marcus. Um, his name was Isaiah. Uh, thank you. Good to see you, Marcus. Thanks for being here. Likewise, Mr. Mayor. Um, I think we've all had the opportunity to talk about this. I'll be more than happy to chime in as we continue to talk about the, the final product here. Um, but I did want to read a couple statements from uh, some folks that wanted to weigh in on this statement from Congresswoman Frederica Wilson, who represents part of South Broward. I'll read part of her statement. I truly believe that one mistake shouldn't taint a person's entire future or deprive him or her of opportunities to learn from it by creating a productive and fulfilling life for themselves and their families. It is my sincere hope that Broward County will ban the box and give motivated, well-qualified individuals who have paid their debt to society a hard-earned new lease on life. Statement from Congressman Ted Deutsch. I urge the Broward County Commission to follow the lead of 23 states and more than 100 counties and cities to pass a legislation that will ban the box on county job applications. This doesn't mean eliminating background checks, hiding any relevant information, or stopping uh, the county from ensuring only the right people are hired for the right jobs. We want to allow people to truly re-enter society without the stigma of an arrest or conviction from the very earliest stage uh, of, of the county employment process. Qualified applicants who have completed their punishments and learned from their mistakes deserve a fair chance at a good job. Statement from Congresswoman Debbie Washington Schultz. I urge the Broward County Commission to follow the lead of states and cities around the country and pass legislation that would ban the box for county job applications. Now is the time to remove the damaging stigma surrounding contact with the criminal justice system from the employment process. And I'll be more than happy to, to uh, submit these for the record. Uh, and, I, and I thank you for your time. Thank you, Marcus. Um, with that said, that uh, Mr. Dixon was the last uh, public speaker. That's now it's coming back to the dais. And I think there are a number of folks that would like to speak. Um, so I'd like to start. Uh, does anybody want to speak? Um, OK, Mr. Wexler. <laughs> I, I'm ready to vote on the item, but I did offer the amendments, you which, you know, the one amendment, basically, mm -hmm. about the um, when, when the um, actual background check would take place, when there are the finalists. And we did it through defining finalists, that it was more than one person. That, that, that's the essence of it. And then the cleanup stuff, including what Commissioner Holness submitted, I mean, I think it's a great suggestion, and I would submit it as one amendment. Commissioner Holness, do you consider those friendly amendments? Well, I don't know that they're friendly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, to find out. Okay. Hey, Commissioner Holness, would you like I, to? I, I, I don't know that it's friendly, but I'm going to allow the rest of my colleagues to chime in on that. Uh, but I, I just want to make a couple of, of quick statements. 
Uh, and I think Newton Sannon is still here. And Reverend Sullivan, who started uh, OIC, I think uh, uh, heard, uh, was quoted as saying, uh, the best social service you can grant to someone is the ability to get a job. So this is what we're doing here. Uh, and Walmart and many other uh, private enterprises have done so, even Coke Industries, uh, for that matter, has done it. And, and what I'm hoping to do here is this, is that we provide a leadership to tell the rest of the community, other cities, other private employers, that give folks a chance and help to strengthen and build our community, resulting in more pro productive people, making us more co competitive with the rest of the world, and build a greater, stronger country. And, 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 and I, I just, just in, in, in Cynthia's uh, behalf, I, I know where you were, Cynthia. You were, you were here representing the Democratic Party, so your statement was okay. I think uh, my good friend, uh, Chip Lamarca, has no offense to that. Uh, uh, he's with us on this one, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Commissioner Bogan. I'd like to ask our county attorney a question on the amendments, if I can. I find uh, the amendments um, putting the county at a potential risk of the way it's drafted. And I wanted to see if I can run that by you real quickly. In the, in the previous language, it said that the county will first make the final conditional offer employment, and then we can withdraw that. So Commissioner Wexler, has struck, she struck that, and in, in lieu of that, put that first we're going to do that background check and then make the offer once we do that background check. I'd rather have an and or to give the county the flexibility of, because in case they make a mistake, in case there's a problem, they make an offer or there's some problem with the background check, I would keep her language and I'd keep the old language and make an and or to give more flexibility to the county um, by, by deleting the wording, uh, just I'm looking at, you know, in the worst, in, in a situation where they made an offer, now they can't withdraw that offer because of a problem. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know legally. Let's ask uh, the county attorney. Commissioner Wexler's amendments are very simple and, and they don't hurt the county's process. Okay. They simply say that after the candidates have been interviewed and that the hiring authority has decided that any one of a, a small pool of people would be acceptable for the position. At that point, the offer is, um, is not yet extended. They tell that small pool, we're about to make a selection. If you have a criminal problem in your past, you need to tell us now. That avoids the situation in which an offer is extended to someone and then is required to be retracted. So it's a very small pool. Find what your concern is addressed in the definition of finalist. So those people have been interviewed and preliminarily selected as, as appropriate for the position. The alternative is as Commissioner Hall has drafted it, which is that you extend it to a particular person, the offer then may have to be withdrawn, and the county may have to re-enter a solicitation process or, or a, a new hiring process because you've picked only one person. No, I like the language Commissioner Wexler said because you're not offering somebody a job and then then withdrawing it. You're for, you know, so you've eliminated that issue. So I, I'm in support of, of that language. Um, Commissioner Wexler, do you want to? Yeah. 
Mr. Dixon and I struggled with this because Adam Katzman, or I, I told him what I wanted to accomplish. I fully support banning the box. But I, what I didn't want to happen was at the very end of the process, there's one candidate, the finalist, and they were offered the job. Now there's a background check, and you find out that that person is not going to happen here. Now, if that occurs, you've delayed the entire hiring process because the chances of the rest of that pool of candidates, people move on to other applications and other jobs. At least that's what the HR department shared with me. So the, our conversation was also about, well, do they rank the finalists? So I went back to HR, and the answer was, no, we do not rank finalists. I mean, I've learned more about how we do business around here than I should know as a commissioner. And I will tell you that it, I thought, well, of course we must rank, but we do not rank. And then I went to Ms. Henry, and, and, and I said, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you feel about this? You're the county administrator. About at the end of the process, d may I ask of course, her to respond? I think everybody has said it. Um, uh, you've said it a number of different ways, but you said it at the end. Um, for a whole host of reasons, whether a person is disqualified because there's a federal or state um, uh, regulation that would disqualify them, or if um, there was something in their background that would not make them a good fit, um, you wouldn't want to get to the very end, offer the person the, the, the job, do the background, and then extend it. Um, if you give them the opportunity, and I want to make sure that everybody understands that we do this um, today, although we have the box, um, we do not let the hiring um, team really know about a person's background until the very end so that that person can get um, the job on his or her merits. And we have a number of employees here in Broward County with things in their background. So this isn't something that we're uncomfortable with at all. Um, this is something we're very comfortable with, and we want to just make sure that the process keeps moving. Um, thank, thank you. Can, can I just, uh, Lily, can I ask you a question, please? Yes. Can you come up? I, if you come up to the, uh, the microphone. Sorry. I think you mentioned, uh, I think it was mentioned that the SEIU did not, uh, is, there a, a, is there a reason why you wouldn't be in support uh, or your union wouldn't be in support yeah. of this and for workers? Yeah, I'd like to defer to my colleague Marcus Dixon to actually help write sure. the bill to respond. Sure. Mr. Dixon. So a, a couple things, um, I agree. Um, the, the county attorney that it won't hurt the hiring process, the amendment, but I do think it'll hurt the fairness for the applicants applying for jobs with the county. Um, I also... Uh, I'm sorry, how will it hurt? Who will it hurt and how will it hurt somebody? So, so the, the, the idea of ban the box is making sure that you set up a fair process for someone to get hired. Right. That's the goal. I think by setting up a process where you're doing a background check on everyone who was interviewed, that's just a fair, it sounds like a fair chance to, to get through that interview. The finalists, the, the, not, not everyone that's interviewed. It's, but it's only the, the finalists. Then you look at the definition of finalists. The definition of finalists is anyone who has uh, met the interview. basic qualifications and has gotten an interview. In the last 12 months, Broward County uh, had 44,000 applications. About 8,600 of them um, met the basic qualifications. So based on the definition in, in the amendment, 
it would require, it would ask the county to do a background check on all 8,600 of those individuals. Mm -hmm. As our county attorney, I, I think he has a good point. It, it doesn't say basic qualifications. These are people that are qualified to take the job. Finalist means an applicant who has been preliminarily determined by, to meet the qualifications mm -hmm. for the position and has interviewed for the position. So any so I so if somebody applies here, if they apply, um, when would that determination be made? That they have been uh, you, your definition it says they've been determined by Broward County to meet the qualifications and have been interviewed. So they they've finished everything except the criminal background check and will be acceptable to the hiring authority. So if somebody just applies and the, their resume doesn't indicate the right qualifications, they're not going to be interviewed, correct? Correct. Okay, so, what so, would, so what would happen is the 44,000 people in the last 12 months that applied, the background check wouldn't happen for all 44,000 of those people. It would happen for the 8,600 people who met the basic qualifications. Presumably all 8,600 of those people conducted the interview. And so if you just do the numbers at about $24 is I think what the county pays, that's about $200,000 in additional cost if you're interviewing everyone who meets the basic qualifications. But wait, it doesn't discourage anybody from applying. A ban the box really allows, really gives people a chance to apply for the job. So, it, you know, you don't want to discourage somebody from applying, right? Isn't that correct? That, that's, part of, that's part of the conversation. The other part of the conversation is not only do we want to not discourage them from applying, but we want to make sure that the process that is set up doesn't, uh, the, the stigma associated with their conviction doesn't follow them through that interview process. So if they apply and the hiring managers are kind of looking at their uh, arrest or for whatever reason they're not, they don't make it through the process in, in a fair way, I think that that's also uh, doesn't accomplish what we But if they apply, there's not going to be a background check yet. There's not going to be a, so, so you, you're applying. You, you, there's no background check. So there's no looking at an arrest. There's nothing. Let me, let me try to re-articulate this. Well, this is what would happen. Let me try to help you out. Sure. Are you, try, are you basically saying that what your concern is, you want people to go through the process. Mm -hmm. And if there's a background check given, done before the job is given it, you're saying that there's a possibility that job won't be given. And so you, you want the job to be offered and then the background check. Is that what you're getting at? Correct. Either that or, or the uh, candidates are identified, the top candidates are identified based on their qualifications. I think it's important to know, based on qualifications alone, who the best qualified candidate is. And to the extent that we are, the county is looking at the background check before they're determining who's qualified based solely on their, back, on their uh, application and their history, I, got I think that that complicates the process and, and so and so an example is I think the way let's say if we had a, a top five candidates the way an individual might kind of rank those individuals and offer a job to those individuals uh, without the background check might be a little different if they have that background information uh, Ms. Henry let me let me try and clarify so if if using our current process the the point in time in which the hiring authorities, um, in this case the manager or supervisor, is prepared to move forward with a candidate, that is the point in time at which the team is made aware of a person's issues in the background. We don't send that up. So there's a group of people that are being interviewed. Um, they're being interviewed. But so you're down to three candidates now, and you need to make sure that there's nothing 
in their background that would disqualify them, that's the point in time that we would do that. And, and I think the, the concern is that, okay, so you're, you're looking at the, the background of those three individuals. Without that background information, you, the county might make a determination of who's most qualified. And the concern is that if you look at the background check before you determine which of those three is best qualified, that might skew the way you consider that information, and it might make you offer the position to number two or number three who doesn't have a criminal history just based on that information. Again, um, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to make sure that I understand exactly what you're saying here. Is there are a number of reasons if there is no box, we know nothing about your criminal history, nothing. But we do know that there are a number of classifications in this county that would disqualify you from being considered a candidate. Today we don't, if we, and we know that we wouldn't refer that candidate to a panel to be interviewed because they would be disqualified because the feds or the state would not let us hire that individual. There's no box now to make that point, which we're fine with. When that person, we, we get this team of, of uh, candidates who are being interviewed, you get your top two, three candidates, and it's going to vary depending on what you're hiring. At some point, the, the hiring authority, the person having to make that decision, needs to know if a candidate in that group has something in his or her background that would disqualify them. Ms. Because Henry. you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't offer them the position, go do the background, and then find out that they couldn't take it because now the other candidates yeah. are gone. Well, yeah. or, uh, I, I think, I know that's really Mayor, Mayor, um, I'm Ma trying to get your attention. Of, of course. If I, can I ask one quick question? I haven't spoken much. Then, um, and then we also have Commissioner Ryan on the queue, and then I'll come right back over to Commissioner Holmes, and, and then Commissioner Lamarca as well. It, it, here's the issue. Here's the way I see it. I think this is what you're getting at in response to Ms. Henry. I think you, you recognize, of course, that there are certain crimes that would prohibit people from working here. Yes. But what you're concerned about is that if a background check is done before the job is offered, or, 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 or the other situation, that they would see their criminal history. And even if it's not a crime that would disqualify them, that may make them say, okay, we're not going to give this person the job. We're going to give it to somebody else. So you, what you want is for the job to be offered and then a background check is done. And if there's a disqualifying offense in there, then they're disqualified. But if there's something in there that would not disqualify them, but they have a criminal history, you know, it doesn't matter anymore because they've been offered the job. That, is, that, is that basically the gist of it? That's the original language, yes. And that's what Miami-Dade County does and many uh, cities and counties around the country do it the exact same way. So, I think, you know, the conversation with Commissioner Wexler uh, trying to, to come to some kind of understanding, I think the, what, what we saw as a middle ground is if the concern is extending the offer and have to pull back the offer, at least let's figure out what, let's identify based on qualifications how those people rank. So if we, if we know go, before going into the background check that this person based on qualifications is the best and this is who I would hire second and third, you can do a background check on all three of those individuals and then make your offer kind of based on that, that information. But at least we know objectively, without that information, who the county thinks is best qualified. Yes. Mayor, I still have the floor, oh. and I called I thought, them up. Oh, I thought you gave up the floor. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, sure? I, okay. Yeah, I just want to say, okay. now they make, I understand his point now, and I, I don't see any harm in having the language of what he's looking to do. I don't see any harm in it. 
And I, I see that uh, the potential of what he's saying can occur. And, um, and so, you know, I uh, would ask Commissioner Wexler if she would reconsider her friendly, her amendment. Um, no, but anyway, I, I, I understand that and I'm gonna support the original language uh, as it was. Great, I am, and uh, I have inadvertently skipped, he's not here right now, but I skipped over Commissioner Lamarca twice. I feel bad about that, so um, uh, Chip, can I, would you mind jumping in? I skipped over you twice, and it's actually your turn. And then I'll come back to Commissioner Ryan. Be my pleasure, thank you. So I was uh, about 2,000 miles away last time we had this conversation, and I was on a, what, a, what amounted to a one-way communication system. So I had the, the can and the string, but it wasn't connected anywhere. Um, you know, it, I was watching it on, on the uh, internet as well. So what it came down to is I was able to watch it and get really uh, um, supportive on the, on the concept, but frustrated by where the conversation was. I, I don't know if that was because I wasn't sitting next to my friend here uh, or, or not. Um, but just here's a little news flash for all those out there in TV land. There's 1.120 million people in Broward County who who registered to vote. Um, only half of them are Democrats. The other half is split between NPAs and other and Republicans. Um, did anybody reach out to the Republican Business Network? <laughs> Commissioner Holmes. Or any of the organizations? No, I thought it was something. It's absolutely not political. And, and here's what happened: when I brought it forward, SCIU actually sought me out. I didn't go reach out to them to say, "Come support me no, on this." So, no, 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 no. I, so let me let you understand clearly. Actually, I didn't do the outreach. Really, didn't do any. SCIU got involved. And then they got some churches and, and clergy involved. We went, we, we, I went and spoke to them. So did uh, Commissioner Kerr. Uh, so I didn't go out to, to reach out to anyone. When you, you know, originally I brought it, and, and the support was weak. Uh, I think folks didn't understand what we're trying to do. Uh, that's why. Uh, I, it came back in, and I realized that without some other support, I probably wouldn't do it. And then, guess what? Somehow, SCIU found me and says, hey, we want to help you with this. And they came in, and, and they helped to, 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 to bring us to where we are today. Okay. So, so I didn't exclude well, you, the okay, Republican you didn't, business You didn't group. exclude them, but you didn't include anyone outside I, of that. I didn't, so, I didn't include So you finished your comments last two, few weeks ago. After thanking all of the clubs, I think there was a mocking comment about the, even the Koch brothers Support it. And my understanding is that, that those two guys, even though they're looked at as the evil empire, support candidates on both sides of the aisle. Um, okay. So, so with respect to what we're what we're talking about here, and I love that you quoted uh, Doctor Reverend Doctor Sullivan because I think he was a pioneer in, in really what the what's more important than all of this political uh, conversation that, that, that just, you know sometimes derails real success. And he, he his goal was that that folks find a job. Um, but the quote was actually Reagan's, the social program is a job. So let's, let's, look, at, let's look at some of the issues. Let's look at some of the issues, because um, with regard to Isaiah that came up here, whose family, I'm sorry, no, I, 
No, no, I, the, the gentleman, at, not, not, not you, Elijah, sorry. The gentleman right there that raised his hand, the one that liked the microphone. Um, <laughs> sir, I don't know what you did, and I don't want you to tell me it's your own personal business, but my heart breaks for people who want to work and can't, and can't find a job. Um, I would suggest, depending on what your, what your interests are, uh, if you have an interest in working with your hands, associated builders, associated general contractors, Construction Association of South Florida, Minority Builders with Brian Johnson. Uh, I know that we're. I, I know that the industry is is looking for for talent and and more than willing to give someone a second chance. As a matter of fact, most of the folks that I know in the construction industry have a great deal, a great number of their employees who have had uh, issues, run-ins with the law. You know what? People make mistakes. I get that. I understand it. I understand it probably more than than most folks up here. Um, you know, one one of the things that that I'd like to talk about, rather than talking about the political BS, because that's what it is, um, is consistency. When we were sitting here talking for months and months and months, about a year, with the transportation network companies and these drivers, we wanted fingerprints, we wanted background checks, we probably wanted retinal scans and urine, urine samples. But now we don't want that. So that, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with anything we're doing here. I have a real problem with consistency. Um, if we're going to require background checks on everybody or nobody. Um, so with, with regard to, to that, I understand where we were. Now, I got a bit of a different, I had a long conversation yesterday with Mr. Dixon. Um, it feels like I had a different conversation than, than was had with, with some of the other folks here um, as far as where that check comes. Okay, so one of the one of the issues here, and Commissioner Wexler said it last time this was up. Uh, it's about fairness, okay? And and I would say the most fair thing is that if somebody has never had any issues or run-ins, run-ins with the law, be they as small as they might be, and I don't think we should have a, a full jailhouse with people who made a minor minor infraction with marijuana or something like that. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's fiscally irresponsible too, but. The fair thing is that everybody who's looking for a job has the opportunity to get a job, and there is also an opportunity here for folks who have gone through a process. And I, I would say, you know, how you, you look at some of these some of some of these issues, and you look at someone like Newton with OIC. There's your clearinghouse. He's 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 doing it before they come to the county or before they go somewhere else. He's making sure that they have the skills, making sure that they have. Uh, whatever education is required, and making sure that they're re really rehabilitated, not they just got out, uh, got out of jail or, or, or f uh, finished probation or whatever it might be, but that they're really rehabilitated and their heads in the right direction and they're heading heading on the road to a prosperous life. Um, you know, for for me, the the issue here is uh, I just I just have a different way of looking at things, I guess, than some people, and it's usually common sense before any political party or ideals or any of that crap. But I, I will tell you that Mr. Dixon said here last time, and I just, I, I wrote these notes down and I, I, I checked the information. So he gave you some information and I want to show you what I looked up when I was listening to that because it, it stunned me the number. The number was like two thirds of black males are arrest, have, have uh, been arrested. Okay, so checked multiple sources by 18 years old by 18 year, years old males 
30% of African Americans have been arrested, 26% of Hispanic Hispanics have been arrested, and 22% of whites have been arrested. By 23 years old, it changes to 49, 44, and 38. Where it's really interesting, because we're talking about stats, I'm just going to throw them out there. I mean, we might as well have some facts. Females, 12% of, uh, of white females by the age of 18 have been arrested, 11.8% of Hispanic, and 11.9% of black females. You go to age 20 or 23, it's 20% whites, 18% Hispanic, and 16% black females. Um, so I look at the issue and I say, right, you know what, it makes sense. We want, we want everyone to have a job. But then I look at the ordinance, and, and I didn't have a conversation with Port Everglades, and I didn't have a conversation with, with, uh, with the airport, uh, the directors for either one of those. But those two entities were completely left out of this ordinance. They're exempt. Ex exempt that if you work with children or uh, at the airport or, or seaport, you're exempt from the ordinance. 100 percent. Somebody couldn't get a job. Okay. No, it just says that they're going to be Right. That's understandable, but um, I mean, that's that's where I would put my concentration. I mean, look, we're we're talking about people applying to Broward County to work for Broward County. I'm having the conversation because that's what it, that's what it's all about, and get, getting folks the opportunity to to have a position here at Broward County. I sign letters every every month, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty-year employees. I am sure, as, as our county administrator said, matter of fact, I know for a fact that we have employees who have had in their, in their uh, earlier lives or at some point an issue with the law. That's life. Um, I'm going to support the issue, but I would really like at some point, now I've been up here six years, I would like at some point as the first person to get reelected re in 24 years who decided to keep the party of Abraham Lincoln as my party, whether I agree with what's going on right now or not, or whether I belong to the executive committee or not, I would like to start talking about getting everyone into a position of employment and not, not, not worry about what somebody's political party is. With that, I'm going to support the item, but, you know, can we just, you're not, here's the thing, you're not, anybody who, anybody who goes against the one out of nine, isn't going to win my vote, and you're not going to you're not going to gain or lose anything with your other with your other colleagues up here that that are that are on the same political side. So let's start talking about the issue and not the politics. Commissioner Ryan, I agree with Commissioner Lamarca. We don't want to uh, politicize the issue. And um, will you tell me, Commissioner Lamarca, are the Koch brothers uh, still endorsing Hillary Clinton? <laughs> They might so, when you um, <laughs> send them over to my office. So, um, when you look at the areas where the criminal background check will be done as a matter of course, it doesn't state that an applicant will be rejected based upon um, the criminal background check that, that one has to be run. And there's there's something. It's it's an issue to be considered. And uh, you're correct in areas of aviation. Uh, Port Everglades, working with children, uh, transit division, whether it's an operator or a mechanic, and all of the directors and department heads. So that's, that's understandable. But once you are in a category that's not specifically exempted and there's no background check, when you get to the point where there are, say, three or four finalists, um, I suggest that 
Commissioner Holness's position is probably the better one because what damage is there to go forward when you have three or four finalists, rank them, and then after the ranking, then you run the background check. Because if at that point the, it shows that there is some uh, arrest or a conviction in the past, then I think it, it provides for a better balance on how it affects that ranking rather than bringing it in earlier. Because I do think that uh, what was stated uh, is that it can unjustly skew the decision-making of the, the panel that's, that's determining whether or not to hire an otherwise qualified candidate. So I'll support Commissioner Holness's position. Um, Commissioner Holness. Thank you very much. And, 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 and <laughs> what it boils down to is this, and, and at first I, I didn't fully get what Marcus was saying, to be honest with you, and what uh, my folks were saying, but, but I get it. I get it that uh, if there are three of us that are ranked, uh, that, that goes through a process, got interviewed, and then we pull all three background checks, somehow, somewhere along the line, if Bogan was the best in our minds, the, the interviewing panel, and then all of a sudden now we got three different background checks and someone sees that. Now he's had some issue, okay? Next person might have a little bit and I might not have none. But I was third on the line. Could it be that in, as, a, as a course of humanness that we then say, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'll go over here rather than go where I was thinking originally. That could happen. Uh, so with that in mind, that is the reason why I'd like for us to go ahead. I don't think that we're going to lose a whole lot of time. How long does it take for us to get a background check back? I, just if I can clarify, because I, it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm now confused on what, what we're talking about. So when Mr. Dixon was at the podium, you indicated that if, we're, if we are at the now the, the real finalists, you know, you could have eight people going, going through a process and you get it narrowed down. And I guess the issue of ranking, we should again clarify. What we try to do, we, uh, the interview panel is made up of a person from HR, normally a, page, a person from HR, a person that will be the person that's working with that individual day in and day out. And oftentimes it's a person from another division or from an, another department. So they don't go through the process of ranking one, two, three. They basically say, here are your top candidates, you go for it. And then they try to marry up the person with the absolute best I'm going to call best skills or the skills that marry most to what they want that person to do. Because a lot of these jobs are very broad, and if you want somebody who can work with computers, great, but you want somebody who is very skilled at Excel, the person may know a lot of things, but they may not know Excel, but when you, if you want somebody, that's all they're going to be doing, they bring that in. And sometimes... There's no one with those skills, so you look at the person who's most apt to get that skill. So we don't go through, this is your number one candidate, number two, uh, number three candidate. We don't do that. We say, here are the, um, here are the shortlisted group of candidates. Um, here, are the, here are your top candidates. You, manager, find out of this pool the, the person that best can meet your needs. And so I think that's where the confusion yes. may be. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think... Um so that it, the ranking is, I think, 
a solution or middle ground between ensuring fairness in the process and making sure that you know who the departments or who the hiring panel has determined best meets those qualifications? It's the person who's going to work with that individual day in and day out that, d that makes the decision. It's not the panel that ranks them. Understood. So I'm, I'm Understood. But somehow, somewhere along the line, if we have these background checks before that final decision is being made, somewhere along the line, just a matter of human course, someone could then skew it differently. I believe that it doesn't take us that long to get a background check back on that first person. And if that per first person has issues, we can go back and look at the pool that we already sent forward and select one from within that pool. That's simple. And, and we save a lot of money in the process. Um, and the, oh, where are you going? Uh, before Vice Mayor Shreve goes, uh, Commissioner Wexler, then Vice Mayor Shreve. I'm trying to find for my colleague here, here, item 16, mm -hmm. Tim, is the original item that Commissioner Holness, Bogan, and who else? One Care, yeah. care signed off on. Mm -hmm. What Commissioner Holness pr did to my item was add one more line. But I don't think that, right? It was intended to be on mine. Oh, so it wasn't even supposed to be on mine. So ignore what you submitted? No. It, it, it needs to be there in the end that if we decline someone, we would like for them to have that, uh, that uh, background check so that they know what it is that they're faced with. Right. And but when, when, when I discussed it earlier with my staff and the county attorney, when they brought it back to me, I told them this is not what I asked for. It should have been stand by, standing by itself rather than attached to yours. Exactly. Yes. That's right, because that's not what it looks like. Okay, and it's confusing things up here. So for my colleagues, he does not agree with the amendment that I submitted. So what's underlined there, you want the applicant, the one applicant who's offered the job to then submit to the background check, potentially not get the job, then the HR department either needs to go back into the pool and hope that that candidates haven't found other jobs or something. And again, let me also call our attention to the fact that we're still, they're still trying to run a system and they're trying to fill positions. There are lots of positions available in county government. What I was attempting to do here through this amendment, it was a compromise. It was at the end of the process. It was that there would be, um, after the candidates, th those top pool were interviewed. We discussed that because at first we thought, or it came through, before it was interviewed. No, that wouldn't do for me. It had to be after. So that there was a very small pool. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's eight. I don't know, I'm getting my information from the HR department. When asked about ranking, the answer is, it's been reiterated up here, we don't rank, Commissioner. We don't rank. Okay. I just think that it is very defeatist for the organization to offer a job to an individual, because what, the, what your language says is you're offering a job 
then we do a background check. If we find something, we have the ability to withdraw that job. I wanted to avoid that. That was it. That was what the intent of the comp compromise is. I worked with legal. They took what I said. They took what Mr. Dixon said or offered in the way of compromise. And I think if we ranked, which we don't, that would address the issue for us. But since we don't rank, I don't know what else to do. So I am going to continue to offer my compromise language. If the support is here for it, it is. If it isn't, let's move on. <laughs> right? Uh, Thank you. Vice Mayor Sharif. So when, the, when this was initially proffered, I said that this was just doing one thing, and that was delaying the inevitable, which is uh, essentially at the end of the process, not offering a job to a person that has a disqualifying offense, okay? So it's two things that, that I, I feel is problematic about this. One, you get a person all the way through the process and, and they, you say, okay, here, now I'm gonna offer you a job, but this is contingent upon your background check coming back. That person has to notify their employer if they have one that they're leaving, number one. Number two, you make the process for that person a lot um, more difficult because you know th this is not where you've already screened them and you have um, gotten to the point where, okay, you know that they're good, you know that they're capable, you know that they've got a clean background, okay, now let's offer them a position. I think it puts staff at a disadvantage, to be honest with you, um, with doing it this, this way. I thought that it would be better if you were going to get them down to a you know three four five pool and then at that point you do the um background checks and then do another round of interviews if that was the case because this it just seems like you're wasting people's time to get them to the to the point of coming back at the end and saying okay well i like you you're a great candidate but i can't give you a job because you have a disqualifying offense you know financial positions in the county you can't you, it doesn't matter how great of an individual they are, doesn't matter how reformed they are, if you have certain positions in this county that you can't give to people with certain disqualifying offenses. So to me, I could sit here all day long and vote for this, but the bottom line at the end of the day is we're just prolonging or delaying the inevitable. So um, I, I liked Commissioner Wexler's amendment because I thought that it made perfect sense, you know, you getting them down to a a pool and then okay out of this pool of three to five people let's do background checks another round of interviews and then we make our dis determination so I just can I re just talk respond um, to now yeah I'm, I have you on the queue uh, mark but it's uh, first is commissioner first so and then I can oh as soon as vice ministers so um, so let me ask my question then for for county administrator Bertha Henry how, how is this going to work for those positions? I mean, do you see this so, being able So to one of the questions that was asked, how long does it take to take uh, to do a background check? And the answer is based on the what you find in the background. Uh, if a person has been in the state for five years and they lived in another state um, or lived in different places, you are having to follow that person's, you're having to check records from different locations. If they're all in the state of Florida, it's probably not that um, difficult. 
Um, but if they relocated here from other places, then you're, have, you're having to be at the mercy of the other entity that you're trying to get the background information from. So I can't say that it's, it's, a, it's always a quick turnaround. Okay. So then my next question is, isn't there a place on the application where they can um, fully disclose if they had this offense so that way that they, they would know in advance or they would know what so, they can so they so that's what they want they want to make sure that we I know they want to make sure right. that box is off but I'm saying if right. they know they're applying for a financial position and that financial position requires that their background check be clean they know up front um, that's not the position that this exception can be taken with right so what we do is we try to give individuals an idea of what the what what you need what kind of qualifications you have but what we found in one of the examples that was given here recently, a person had something in uh, his, or had, his or her background, and they, um, um, they think that it's gone. It's been, it was a long time ago. It's mm -hmm. not on my background. And, and oftentimes, and I just had this happen recently, a person did um, their own background. And when it didn't show up in their background check, they didn't disclose it. Mm -hmm. And when we did our background check, it came up and the person was, well, this shouldn't be on my record because that was, and I did my own background check and it didn't show up. Well, you know, there are a whole host of reasons why people will still go through the process because they don't think that things pop up in their background. What we're really trying to do is get to that middle ground again, because I do understand what the issue is. And because we don't say this is the number one candidate, number two, number three, we try to give um, the hiring authority enough uh, to, to look at the candidates and marry up with what they really need from the individual. So, again, I don't, the finalists having a small number to do the background isn't very, isn't, it's, it's not problematic. We can do that. Um, I guess the issue for you is, finalists, how many uh, are represented in that pool, and I guess it's just really going to be dependent upon what are we re what we're recruiting for. Some classifications, there are lots of people, and there's some, there's just a handful. Okay, so at the end of the process, it, uh, and I wanted to ask this question because I've heard this before in terms of giving someone a background check, is that something that... Um, is that something that's possible to do? It's to give them the copy of the background check without any liability being attached to that in terms of the county? You can give them their background check? We could do that to the extent allowed by law, and I'd contemplated putting something like that in there. There are some things that, that you frankly, can. we just need to research on whether we can disclose. Right, because I've heard before that there are certain things that when you do a company background check that that's not something that yeah. you can just hand to somebody on the you know, after an interview. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on that as well. It doesn't matter. Okay. When, you do, when you're running a company check for a criminal background, there are certain things that you can't just hand off. Um, so I, I just want to be clear on that when we're, when we're going forward with this. Um, and Because I, I didn't have a problem with giving it to them as long as there's no liability attached in, in giving that to them. So I just, um, I was on the, I too was on the, the line where 
for one hour and no one could hear me and I was talking to Commissioner Lamarca about the weather. Um, because, right, we, we couldn't, and no one could hear what we were saying anyway. Um, so, no, no, well, we, and we didn't talk about anything. I mean, you could have heard our conversation if you could, if, if the system was working, but my, my um, comments are the same. I just, it, I, I'm not real sure how we're gonna, you know, you can, you can ban the box. I'm fine with banning the box, but you're just banning and delaying the inevitable, which is that they're gonna be disqualified. So, um, Commissioner Wexler, uh, I was prepared to support um, what you proffered, which you, well, I do think it's a compromise, but I, as long as it gets us to the pool of, of individuals that's going to be picked from, I'm good with that. You get to the pool, then you do the background check. Well, there's, uh, I'm wondering, we're, we've been going round and around, and I have two more people on my queue, uh, Commissioner Furr and then Commissioner Bogan. And, um, you know, and Commissioner Holness, his item, but then after that, I think we should start voting on some amendments to see where we are. So uh, let's start with uh, Commissioner Furr. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm obviously in support of the Ban the Box Amendment, but I, I do think that once it gets to a pool, that for, for various reasons, it makes sense to, to me to do a background check on everybody who's in the pool. Not because there's going to be there's going to be some that may have uh, a background that has you know that uh, we're, we might be concerned about, but there's also going to be some people that might be padding the resume and doing other things, and that's a different kind of background check. But I think I mean we have to be looking at everybody who, because I know we've had to let go of people who who weren't truthful, in in and it wasn't a prison record, but it was. They had had stuff in their resume that wasn't accurate, correct? Yeah, they had said they went to this college, they went to this guy, and they hadn't done that. And so for for all for all you know, and the reality is, we, the the number one ranked person may be somebody who no, they didn't go to, to prison, but they had padded their resume. And suddenly you 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 have to make sure it's fair across the board. If you do a background check and, and a uh, substantiation of all of the information on an application. Then you're making it fair on numerous levels. I actually think that makes more sense, so that uh, you know everybody who's being who's you know you've gotten your pool, everybody everybody gets a background check, and then go from there. I think that makes sense to me, on on numerous levels, and because I don't want to see someone be considered ranked that didn't deserve to be ranked because they they have been said they they have all these other things that they that aren't true. So I think we need to consider that as well because I know that's been a problem as well. Uh, Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner Furr, I, I totally agree with the way you were thinking, and I felt that way originally. Okay. But I think his point was is that, is that if they do background checks before the ranking, that somebody might show an arrest that's not a qualifying arrest to exclude them, but they may see whoever's judging them somewhere in some room somewhere, well, they got an arrest, it's not qualifying, but now let's not put them in one or two, and, and that background check before ranking might prejudice the situation. And if there's that possibility, I don't see the harm in doing it the way that, I, I mean, Commissioner Wexler's amendment, I, I understand makes sense, but, but I understand it, it narrows it down, but we have somebody here that's, their point is, 
that that by doing the background check before the ranking, that that may prejudice whoever is looking at that. And to to err on the side of caution, um, I would. Uh, that's why that's the only reason I wouldn't be supporting your amendment. But I mean, it makes sense. I, I just I'd rather err on the side of caution, and that's why I'm going to support. I guess that would be supporting Commissioner Holness's amendment. Mayor, and I think it's important that I again reemphasize. Sure. Because today we don't rank. We don't rank. We have, I beg your pardon? Oh, uh, Commissioner Holness, I, we can't, I can't hear you. You don't have your, so your mic. So again, I just wanted to, I want to clarify. Um, we, have, we have a candidate pool. We go through, there is a vetting of that pool to get us down to a group that will be interviewed. And in that, the um, there is responsibility on um, the agency to do the the typical background. They don't do criminal. The agencies don't look into background um, criminal background. They look into whether the person did attend where they said they were um, going to attend. We found out that they don't do that very well. They don't do it at all. So we've then, we then pulled that responsibility now into HR to run the college verification, for example. Um, when you start to, to, to get into the things that make you qualify for um, the position, uh, we are working really hard to make sure that there's fairness in, uh, in that process. But, but when you, uh, again, um, we give the hiring person a group of candidates. We don't rank them. That's your number one candidate or your number two candidate or your number three candidate. We, we don't do that today. And there's, a, there's, a re, there's reasons why we don't do that. I'm happy to get in. Understood. Get Mr. with Holmes. you. Yes. Uh, but I don't believe today we, we screen the whole pool. We, we find someone we like, and if that's the person, we then go ahead and finalize on that person. If that person doesn't work out, we go on to the next one. Based on, on, on folks that I have spoken to, I think that's especially young men that actually helped bring me here uh, with that uh, position at the airport where he then go through the background and the issues came up that he thought was different than what was really there. Uh, if I would get Marcus up for a moment, please, uh, to, to address a couple of these issues. Uh, and, 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 and what I want you to kind of talk a little bit about is what, what is the practice since you've been doing this and you've uh, talked to a bunch of different places, you helped to draft the one in Miami in terms of one, that offer process, and two, the, uh, given the, the, the criminal background check to someone. And so uh, the way Miami-Dade County does it is the way it was generally drafted uh, by, the, by Commissioner Holness, and that is they identify who's the most qualified candidate they give a conditional job offer, conditional on the background check, physical, whatever other conditions they have. Uh, and then they uh, look at the nature of the crime, the amount of time that's passed since the crime, whether it's actually related to the job duties and responsibilities um, of the job they're applying for, as well as whether, uh, I mean, some other considerations about the public and, the safety, and their safety. Uh, but they look at those things and they, in their sole discretion, have the opportunity to determine whether those things are related if they determine that they want to withdraw the conditional offer of employment, they must articulate that reasoning and the connection and why they think uh, it's related to the job duties and responsibility. 
as well as a copy of the background check. And, and I think the thought process behind that is that many times background checks are, are inaccurate. People have similar names, similar birth dates, similar names and birth dates. And so to the extent that we can help them see what it is that the county's looking at and making its determination, I think that that's helpful. And so the county does that, gives the individual an opportunity to either dispute the information on the background check or maybe provide a counter argument to the reasoning that the county had. And the county can, again, in its sole discretion, determine whether it wants to accept that or not, uh, along with uh, accepting any other um, rehabilitative or mitigating kind of information. Okay. Uh, so, so there's no nothing problematic that they've encountered as a result of going through that process that you know of? No. Okay. And, and, and again, you were there even after the ordinance had been put in effect. You had worked for, for Commissioner John, Chairman Monestine, you, you worked for when this was done? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and, and do you know of any other jurisdiction that does have issues with that? I do not. Okay. So where we are today is this, that we've, we've come a good distance from where we started. Uh, and, and part of what... I really want us to do, and, and Commissioner Lamarca commented on it earlier, but part of what I want us to do is to show the way for others as the leader in Broward County to ensure that we have a process that doesn't intimidate folks because there are people who are fearful of that application process uh, and, and will say, well, you know, I don't want to answer that question. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. And then something comes up that you find out later after we were, were looked at wasn't so. So to, to move this forward in, in a way that's fair and, and, and understanding that we're all humans and, 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 and we do form judgments based on what we see in front of us. That person who uh, makes that decision uh, after looking at three different finalists and looking at w what's there, could somehow not make the offer that they would have probably made in the first place. And that's a concern that we have here uh, of, of this going forward uh, with the amendment. So uh, with that, I, I think we're, we're, we're at a place where we can move this item. <laughs> to benefit so many that have come before us this afternoon to speak. You, you've heard the compelling stories uh, from, from, from different uh, members of the public who, uh, and, and I wish the rest of my colleagues were back up here. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, to, to, to finalize this. <laughs> yes, uh, we, we have much of an evening left. Uh, for us uh, to, to move forward. I, 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 again, Ms. Henry, we, we're not now doing a, a pool of candidates. We're just doing the candidate that we select as the person uh, that we would want to hire, correct? When, when we determine uh, who to hire, we just do that person's background. We're not doing a pool. We're not doing four or five different people's background. Today, we, um, we know the ba because the box isn't banned, okay. we know, we okay. know who's right. got issues in their background, okay, so but the HR people you. retain that information. We don't share that with the hiring okay. agency until they're ready to, to narrow the, the pool and they can do some inqu inquiry about that today. 
well, with with that, I guess we are we're at a point where we can can move this agenda forward. Uh, I, I will make a motion uh, that we adapt the item as originally submitted with the additional uh, amendment that we provide that background check so the people know exactly what we're looking at. So what, what we're seeing is what they see. And, and uh, if there's an issue, uh, they can address that directly and specifically, whether it's them or someone else. Uh, there's been a motion and a second. Commissioner Is this the appropriate time then to, because it's really not, a, is it a substitute motion? All right. Uh, was, there, was there a motion on the floor before? No, there wasn't. There wasn't. He, it's his motion on the floor now to yeah. um, uh, approve the actual f item, 16, as you submitted it, with the one line that you submitted regarding the sharing of that background with the employee, the candidate. I'm going, is it a substitute motion? Substitute. Because substitute it's really motion. an amendment. Yes, but you're, um, you're, it's an amendment, but if there's several changes, I would make it as a substitute All motion. Right. It's a substitute motion that I'm going to submit. This is strange, Commissioner Holness, but I'm going to submit what I submitted plus the line that you submitted in error on my amendment. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying, right? Okay. So that, does everyone understand that? No. So it actually says, it actually says Commissioner Holness, because I'm accepting his friendly amendment to mine of shall provide a copy of the finalist's criminal history to the extent that the law allows. Okay? That with that line in it as well. Is there, so that was a substitute motion, is there a, a second on that? I'll, is there, I'll, I'll second discussion. a substitute motion, and, so and actually, Commissioner Holdis, when I, when I spoke to your amendment, I was reading from your amendment that you submitted in writing, which apparently was not exactly what you wanted to submit, so that was actually what I'm in support of, is the amendment that you submitted in writing. So I, I, I second, <laughs> I second the substitute motion. Um, we actually have some more discussion. Vice Mayor Shree. I think I need to make a substitute to the substitute to the substitute motion because I'm making a, a, I'm making a point of clarification at this time. Um, I want to know which one of these motions is going to get me to where I need to be, which is group. I want the final group to be background checked, not the final individual. Okay. That's what I thought. So I want to support that motion over there. Okay. So there's been, All right. there is a substitute motion. Let the record reflect that Vice Mayor Sharif pointed at Commissioner Wexler. Yeah. <laughs> so there, is there any further, is there any further discussion on uh, uh, Commissioner Wexler's substitute motion? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's been no further discussion on Commissioner Wexler's <laughs> substitute motion. Um, all in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, show the substitute motion passes. So now we're back on the main amendment, or the item as amended. The ordinance is amended. Uh, is there a motion to move the ordinance as amended? Uh, uh, Mike, do you have to put your mic on, Dale? 
Uh, I, I think Marcus want to make a final statement. We'll, if we allow him to do that, I'll make the motion after. I, I just wanted to, to Commissioner LaMarcus' point, we did reach out to some business entities. The Puerto Rican Chamber did shoot, sign on with us for this. Um, but to the point, I, I, do, I do want to point out that, again, this is doing, required to do a background check on the individuals who have met the qualifications and have interviewed. That is going to be thousands of, of applicants, and it's going to be an added cost to the county. And, and I, think, I think the position would be that we should not be making, as a county, as a community, additional kind of costs, co have additional costs for an unfair system. And so the fairest system. Wait, is it, wait, is it, so, so I think um, the, the, the fairest system is to make sure that we know objectively who's the most qualified. I think we should be concerned as a county on who the most Marcus, qualified candidate is. If I, actually, if it's, no, I, I, I appreciate you coming up. And uh, Commissioner Holness um, has the floor. Okay, well, the votes are where they are. Uh, we, we, we make some progress, and, and oftentimes it's tedious. And, and sometimes we're fearful uh, of, of, of new things, changing things. And, and I've witnessed that here many times. It's not necessarily that uh, we're, we're voting uh, for what is probably, at the end of the day, the best thing. It's, it's what our fear drives us to do at points in time. So uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and move the motion. Uh, to move, move the item as amended. Yes. There's been a motion to move the item as amended, and there's also been a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, show the item as amended. Passes unanimously. We're now going to move on to item number, oh, wait, hold on. The, uh, the public hearing for item number 13 is now open. Uh, there are no speakers wishing to be heard on the matter. Uh, this is uh, Commissioner Bogan's item. Um, matter. Uh, this is uh, Commissioner Bogan's item. Um, 